Shalom, and welcome to the... No. <laughs> I'm joined by Leo and Carl. So, uh, <laughs> to the podcast, the Lowe's ears. Hello. <laughs> uh, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help yeah, it. <laughs> Honestly, at least it wasn't in German. Carry on. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about the tunnels. So we're going to have a laugh because I don't know what else to do with that. Just going to make some jokes. Um, the attack on democracy, which is coming our way. Yep. And also, enough of your rights already, which is Carl's Trieste against all of liberalism. No, 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 no. It's not even that far. I mean, I could go that far, but I'm not going to. I'm just sick of hearing about them talking about our rights. Oh, shut up. Get a job, pay some taxes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, you know? Good advice. <laughs> anyway, if you'd uh, like to have an event shouted at you, it's going to be happening now, which is me telling you about this event, which is after this podcast, we're doing Lads Hour again. So if you're a premium member, or you want to be, you come over and you watch it live at 3 p.m. UK time, in which we'll be going through the IMDb list of movies and giving our opinions. And uh, Leo will be joining us as well. Yeah. I think. So I've got a degree in film, so I'm actually sanctioned by the state to say what <laughs> films or not. We actually have a the subject queen expert. Has bequeathed me with the power. So you're actually an expert in this? Yeah. Right, okay. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, we'll be doing that afterwards, so do come and join. Otherwise... Ah, it's finally happened. Let's begin. The tunnels. (laughs) Now, we'll start this off with um, how many I Love Israels do I have to do to just be clear about the fact that I just want to talk about the news. Nothing else. I'm just saying what's there, boys. All right. Is that that enough? About five, I'd say. Oh, God. (laughs) In the mirror all night. I do do love Israel. So my presence... Here, I just I love the fact that you know uh, I'm like there, look look over there a viable a viable uh, nationalist homeland um, yeah literally <laughs> wonder wonder if we could have that you know somewhere else <laughs> honestly I actually totally agree with that critique as well like can we not just have a border like they have a border? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're an island it should be way easier for us to do that I think I think being an island sorry to get off topic here but I think being an island actually makes it tougher because you can't really put up a fence well, we don't like, need to if you put yeah but they can they can get across the they can get across the channel they've worked out that stuff can float <laughs> now they now can get doing. across the channel and... yeah but Britannia rules the waves at least they should rule the waves in the English channel alright well enough yeah, on, we can at least rule a channel yeah exactly come on you know speaking of the channel tunnels back to Brooklyn because Brooklyn has its own tunnels oh, it yeah. seems and this is the story that I think everybody's seen a little bit of but uh, I collected what I could to tell everyone about the story uh, what's, what's true what's not true what I don't know and there's not a lot that we know to be honest most of what we know is that, um, well, the videos have all been deleted by the original uploader because he says here, yeah, I've decided to delete the entire thread about the Chabad tunnel. I will not allow my account to be used by anti-Semitic Jew haters to promote the pathetic hatred of religious Jews. I was like, uh, okay. I love Dom Luca at the bottom. I'll keep mine up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a response. But... Yeah, I don't think this makes any sense, just on the face of it, for a minute. I, I hate this idea that, let's say you upload something to the internet that's true and factual, and then someone uses it to like say their conspiracy theory is true. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is the truth. And that, that thing that they're doing is, is bad, but the truth is a separate issue. Yeah. And there's a nice summation of the footage we have here. Just some guy making a, a meme here about a land down under, and he's uh, collected it to the music, of course. <laughs> Yeah, copyright, copyright. <laughs> anyway, but it's a compilation here just because I don't want to sit here and show 10 clips, but you can see the various clips of what happened, which is, um, well, turns out there's a bunch of tunnels underneath this uh, synagogue in Brooklyn, which 
Yes, <laughs> it couldn't discover them. It's it's pretty weird, as, as you might expect people to respond to that with that question. Now, <laughs> sorry, sorry to, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I mean, look at it. <laughs> I, I find these sort of insular religious communities to be very, very peculiar anyway. Right? Yes. And, and all of them. There's, I'm not the making, Amish. Yeah, a, any of them. They're, they're all the really, Westboro really, Baptist Church. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they're all kind of weird, right? I, I think the Westboro Baptist Church are a bit of a unique case. Sure, but I but, mean, like, this unique, weird religious stuff. But then when they've got infrastructure. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they do. And, and like, and so they've got, like, they're going to come out. I don't know anything about this, bro, but I know what is going to be underpinning this is going to be some really obscure interpretation of, like, a seventh century text that has caused a massive schism. Well, if you read it upside down. Then last, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, it would be like, literally, you know, Moses went to the toilets on this date and not that date. <laughs> and anyone who disagrees is a, is a heretic. And this has been the schism. I mean, this this is literally what like the Sunni and Shia schism is. Yeah. Who should have inherited from Muhammad? And it's like that happened a thousand four hundred years ago. Who cares? And, and isn't there a sect of Jews who I don't know if it's the Hasidic Jews or the the ones who wear the you know the sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. the the thing. Sephardic. And, and, yeah, yeah, and like apparently uh, it's just what it's not even it doesn't even date back that far. It's like one hundred twenty years ago they got off of the boat and that's yeah. what the guy was wearing. So now they all wear it. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like more, it's like Mormonism compared to Christianity. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird to, like, because I, I saw that stuff and I thought, man, that's got to be, that's yeah. got to go back thousands of years. And no, it doesn't. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in this particular case, possibly not. I don't know, like I said, but I know, there's going to be a really small, pathetic doctrinal, not even doctrinal, probably point. And then they become these weird, like, communities that, I mean, are digging tunnels in the walls. They, yeah, they just, but they all dress weirdly and they act weirdly and, like, I don't like. Isn't this just an atheist view on all religion? No, 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 no. Like, because like with like Christianity or Islam or like you know Orthodox sort of mainstream Judaism, like they're not they're not like sorry. <laughs> you just said Islam weekly. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just funny. They're not they're not like bizarre like these things are because I guess because they've got the self confidence of millions of believers, right? Yeah. So they're not like kind of bizarre about this sort of stuff. They're just kind of open, and this is what we do, and it's you know it's but, fairly normal. But you meet a small sect. Yeah, but when you've got a small sect that like is separating itself off from the rest of the world, they become really weird and like internal. Well, we'll have a look, shall we? Because um, I don't think there's actually been a, a my argument in this. I'm gonna you're gonna see is that I don't really know what the solution is or the source because no one knows solution. But, to what I don't know what's going on. Well, why did this happen? So oh, yeah. this is the main footage people focused on, which is because it's really funny. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> which is this Jewish guy he runs away at the yeah. end <laughs> yeah, I mean the filming is in silence yeah, just this guy being like what's going on and there's this Jewish guy popping out of the sewer that he's cut a hole through and then runs off like he's being caught by the police which it turns out he was <laughs> which is just pretty funny Yeah. so and then what happened is um, the city has sealed up the uh, sewer grate good idea Yeah. and this was the next big that went, that went viral was like, the more sewer Jews for us <laughs> <laughs> what did you say Lira sorry did the check is empty first I don't think they um they're, they're going to let anyone drown in there. Right. I think they're, they're, they sent all of the police officers in there, and they've they've discovered it as we see. But you can find this location in case you're wondering. So this is the the uh, I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? But this is like the the main residence here, and then this is the media center for this organization. I think the temple's in there as well. Right. You may recognize this entrance from some of the footage where the guys are being brought out in right. handcuffs. So you can tell there's definitely some kind of basement or something down there, right? Yeah. And then next to it. You've got the um, Children's Museum. It's a Jewish children's museum. Right. And then if you go over here, past these police trucks, and then this uh, weird van, which, okay, whatever, you can see the sewer grate right there. Oh, yeah. 
So it's on Google Maps. You can see it seemingly goes under that house through the media center, and then there's a hole there where you can pop up. And then there's uh, accusations that one of the tunnels goes underneath to the Jewish Children's Museum. Now, one of the complications with this is that there's no footage or layout of the tunnels that's been publicly released. Because what happened is that the police were called to settle some dispute, found a bunch of guys hiding in the tunnels, and then were told about the tunnels, arrested everyone, because they were like, what the hell are you doing? And now the state is currently investigating what is the case. Yeah. And they haven't told us, so we don't know. And that's, that's it. Really. Yeah. So that's the location. Um, what is funny is someone did go down there and film what's below. So this is a guy with his phone, drops it through the sewer grate. And uh, as you can see, there's just like piles of wood, some baskets, whatever yeah. else. It's just like, okay. So it's like a proper room down there. Right. But yeah. And it looks like that would be stuff used in the construction of, you know, uh, stanchions or, or whatever tunnels else. or whatever. I'm not a mole. I don't know how to tunnel. <laughs> so there we are. But we'll go forwards because you can see here, this one was really funny. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I used to tweet one day, I swear I am hearing Yiddish under the floor in my New York apartment. I live at ground level. We don't have a basement. And um, obviously people were just like, well, you're obviously schizo. <laughs> they responded, somebody owe me an apology. I'm not crazy, damn it. So it's just like, huh. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> people, people called him schizophrenic and anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. Because it turns out, well, if someone came to you a week ago and said that, the floors are speaking Yiddish. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then this comes out, you're just like, oh, well, I mean, maybe. Because um, it turns out the way this was found is that the people who own the temple, there's a schism between two groups, the guys who build the tunnels and the guys who don't want the tunnels built. Yeah. And uh, the way they found out is that the people living in the building were hearing noises and literally hearing people talk, which would have been Yiddish. So maybe him, in fact, reported it. And then they discovered the tunnels. Mm. So yeah, bro was right. I, I don't know what to say. Um, one of the funnier things people focused on was, well, not funnier actually, quickly. This is a uh, footage of the tunnels. So this is presumably the basement of that building, which yeah. looks normal. Looks like it's probably built and then they're not really using it. Yeah. Some steps down. I mean, seems like part of a basement to me. Yeah. Some utility crap in there. <coughs> I, mean, I think there's some bathrooms, some showers around here as well. And then there's piles of dirt, right. as we can witness yeah. here, which are obviously been excavated. Yeah. And then this person goes on through here. It's a baby stroller, yeah. yeah. Indeed, we'll come back to that. And then this is the only footage we've got, by the way, in which the guy keeps exploring. And as you can see at the back there, if he turns back around, there is something that is actually a tunnel where you've yeah. broken down the yeah. brick wall. And then he goes in and he shows you it's, it's long. So there we are. That's It just looks like so Whoa. much work. Yeah. But that's the only one that we have footage of. The only evidence. So I don't know if there's more. We don't, The police haven't told us. We don't know how long it is or where it goes. Please yeah. don't hold us. And um, so there we are. That's that's the footage. So that's the most interesting part. Um, the police who were up there were mostly just confused. <laughs> to their job. And as you can see, they're pulling the guys out who have been digging the tunnels behind them or hiding in the walls there. And then the uh, other faction of this community uh, talks to the police. One of the police officers says, we don't do that in America. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which, yeah. Clearly has no idea what these religious nutjobs are doing. Yeah. Well, he might actually, because he oh, is wow. quite famous for policing this area. Right. In fact, there's an article naming him the rabbi. That's his nickname in the oh, police department. He, he deals with this community quite a lot. So that's probably why he's smiling. He's just like, oh, God, come on. Because um, these people are unique. Um, the New York Post went with this as a headline. Subvey. Yep. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the media are doing the media thing. <laughs> Why not have a pun? But here's the here's the deets. So this is a Jewish outlet which wrote about the whole thing, and their details in here they don't lay it out very well. So we'll use this for a second. They argue in here um, arrests at Chadbad iconic headquarters after students thought attempt to fill in the secret tunnel. So apparently the tunnel took months, perhaps even years, for a small crew of the, the students here to build. And they built it in secret, so they wanted to keep the, the rest of the community in dark about that. And the reasons for doing it are a bit confusing. So um, they say a New York Police Department spokesman said the police arrested 12 people and that there were no injuries. Charges include criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, disorderly conduct, and attempted hate crimes. They don't tell us what hate crimes yeah. that the Jews were committing against other Jews. In tunnels. <laughs> they, just, they just list that. Mm. Um, I don't know what, I just find that weird. Don't know what to do with that. Uh, they said the tunnel was discovered in early December. Now, the narrative listed here and the explanation given by the students who allegedly did it is that they wanted to expand the center and they were tunneling into the building, which... Yeah, that's, what he, that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, a, a two foot by two foot tunnel looks like a real expansion to the center. This is what we were saying just before we started. How is that expansion? Yeah. Well, if I want a conservatory, that's an expansion. Yeah. I want an extension on my house. That's. I want a secret tunnel under the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know what to do with that. But that's that's the official word being given by those who are arrested. But the reason that probably doesn't make any sense will be revealed because the Daily Mail, I think, did a, a better write up weirdly enough. And they write in here, the followers of the late Rabbi Menish Mendel Sneshushan I, I, Okay, yeah. I tried. Seen as the Messiah by many in the group, told the Daily Mail. See, I told you. Yeah. That they believe redemption will come to them when they fulfill his command of expanding their holiest site, his former home on 77 East Parkway. Redemption Heights. comes when we build this tiny tunnel, okay? Yes. It, not really sure, but then again, we are dealing with really weird religious folk, yeah. frustrated by what they saw as the synagogue's leadership's unwillingness to work to fulfill his command, some young Chabad members independently started tearing down walls to connect the synagogue, which sits in a basement that already covers the two buildings, into a third building next door. The Chabad leaders are in litigation over control over the third building, which is currently vacant but being used as a bathhouse for the last 30 years. Mm. So that's the... Sorry, being used as a bathhouse? Yeah, I mean, it just gets weirder. Well, do they mean a brothel? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. What does bathhouse mean? It's I don't house, know. A house where you go and have a bath. Well, it's not a bathroom, but a whole I, house. I, I Every think, room in the house is a bathroom. I think it might be slightly you more metaphorical than that, actually. You bath at home instead of in someone else's house? Yeah. What are you, weird? Well, don't you I mean, get naked with lots of like weird Jewish old guys? <laughs> oh, so it's like an old Roman bath. So we talking? I mean, I, what the hell is that? I presume so. But the, I mean, it's just the facts that get listed from the people involved it seemed to conflict and just make the situation more strange. Uh, the unapproved project was discovered in December after neighbors reportedly complained and the synagogue's leaders found themselves uh, with a situation of whether or not to shut it down. <sighs> That's the Daily Mail's words. When workers showed up <laughs> to, to fill the space, young Hasidic men refused to let them in with some seen on video breaking through the sanctuary walls with hammers. So that's them ripping down the, right. the woods and then hiding in the walls so that the concrete trucks couldn't fill in the, the uh, tunnel with concrete. 
because the uh, apparently the tunnel is also causing structural problems. Okay. And that's the concern for the city. Well, yeah, because uh, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know I don't know if they're structural engineers, any of these people have been digging <laughs> these tunnels, but if you dig around the foundations of a big stone building, yeah. that can that can cause problems. I know that from growing up in a sort of mining community where, you know, houses would sometimes topple into, into mines, you know, ground would subside. So, I mean, you've got to get good miners if you're going to build a proper mine. Uh, yeah. Some kids. Although I've, I've heard, yeah, they do have some, um, they might have had some miners down there. Ah, uh, we'll get to it. Well, actually, you bring us on perfect. <laughs> so two, two people noticed something strange, which is um, they started pulling things out of the tunnel. For some reason, I don't really know why you wouldn't leave your trash in the tunnel to be filled with concrete, because who cares? Yeah. And one of them was this mattress that has a big stain in the middle of it, which... Um, I don't really know if I want the answers to this. And then the next thing is that people noticed was the baby chair. And the big suspicion from a lot of people is that this is really weird because there's some kind of sex crimes going on in the community. Yeah. And, um, well, this is what people are latching onto to be like, maybe this is evidence of it. I don't know. But well, there, ha there, have, there has been a lot of evidence of um, child sexual exploitation in the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community because it's such an insular, closed community where you know the men have so much power and there's you know code of silence and all the rest of it um i guess it's a bit like you know the catholic, like catholic church. church yeah yeah it, it definitely seems to be that way so that's the story as it stands that's what everyone or at least the, the mainstream conversation has been is there's some weird stuff there the tunnels themselves are weird what's this weird sect arguing about why are they building tunnels none of their explanations make any sense and that's really all the information there is on the on the mainstream story there now, I have expanded this a little bit to find out more, which is... Um... I went to Fortune. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get to them at the end. <laughs> I, I checked out what everyone else was talking about. Some people were speculating that they were secret tunnels like this one in Moscow, which were built during the pogroms, which right. is a way to escape in case um, people turned up to try and kill you. I mean, that makes sense why you'd build a tunnel. But that'd be the first excuse I'd go to. Yeah. You know, if people turned yeah. up like, what are these tunnels for? I'd be like, it's in case people try and kill us. Yeah. Like, that'd be. You it's know... an election year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you not noticed what woke people have turned into? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that would make sense. And that would be a normal defense, right? You'd be like, yeah. well, you know, we're Jews, uh, kind of scared of yeah. being killed. So we built these tunnels. But instead, they went with some weird nonsense about expanding the place. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. But that's that's one thought that, that got noticed about all this. Um, there was a narrative poking around that they built it during COVID to pray. This seems to have come from nowhere and is entirely fake news. Right. So, yeah, that's just people making stuff up. Right, okay. Um, this is some other people trying to claim that there's even more of this. So Casey Neistat um, did a vlog a while back yeah. where here he's showing that there's a crack in the pavement in this area of New York City. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll stick my phone down there. And he's like, ugh. Well, that's... Like a whole Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but this YouTuber found the exact same place. Yeah. Uh, the city had concreted exactly where Casey was. Yeah. And then he goes on to show you that he found an entrance uh, from an anonymous tip-off at an old synagogue right. nearby. Was, oh, God, it had to be. Yeah, it did. And um, then there are tunnels in here. He finds a cat. Oh. And there's uh, you know an extensive network of just nothing and trash, which... Uh, has fueled further speculation about whether it's a bigger thing or is this just an occasional thing or what? Yeah. But there's no evidence. It's just some people latched onto. Again, yeah. who knows? But what is uh, concrete is this particular community is pretty messed up, I'll be honest. And this is the evidence. So this is a news report about one of the religious leaders who went on trial for sexually abusing a young girl. And um, he denied it. The entire community rallied around him and rallied against the abuse victim. And Is she from that community as well? Yes. Right. 
And what was even worse is nine men were arrested for offering $500,000 to that girl's mother to shut her mouth. Jeez. And, well, she rejected it and was like, no. Yeah. Rape my kid. Yeah, yeah. And this went to trial. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. What's very interesting, though, and it will come back to haunt us, is uh, 3 minutes 31 on here, if I get to it. So that's uh, uh, one of the other people involved in this, where she used to be in the community and now describes right. it as a cult that she escaped. Well, it looks like the docs. That's the thing that was turned into a Netflix show. And it was, it was good. So this uh, chap here at 3 minutes 31, his name comes on screen. Uh, so Rabbi Rosenberg over here. Uh, his response is that the community needs to step up and deal with its problem. And this is seems reasonable, yeah. His comment at the time. And um, well, in 2012, the New York Times wrote about this, talking about the orthodox shunning their own for reporting child sexual abuse. Again, I mean, not a far-right outlet, so we can yeah. bet any of that nonsense. And which we then go on in 2013, the guy's convicted. Uh, he's given 103 years well, in prison. Rosenberg is convicted. Not Rosenberg, the guy accused. Rosenberg was <clears throat> saying, we need to deal with this problem. Yeah. It's bigger than people admit. He'll be out in 98. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit lenient for my taste, but yeah. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, so he uh, sexually abused a young girl when she was 12. And uh, in addition to convicting Mr. Webman, his office was also charged uh, seven Hasidic men with bribery and intimidation of the victim. And then they say the prosecutors know more victims who were too afraid to testify. So it is a wide, wider problem, yeah. for sure. The state knows that, in fact. And in 2013, I mean, this Jesus up. Vice? Yeah, this guy, Rosenberg. Again, another far-right outlet. <laughs> this Rosenberg guy um, did this article for Vice. As you can see, the child rape assembly line. I was like, oh, good God. <laughs> that's, that's a headline. Oh, yeah. And this is a, a weird one. Uh, he goes on to describe how when he was in Israel, he walked in on, according to him, some rabbis raping young boys. Mm. Jesus. And when he was like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is unethical. They were like, shut it. What are you doing? Um, it, it gets really gross, to be honest. Well, it sounds really gross. Well, he gets, um, he turns out that the guy he found raping the child, according to him, was a member of the morality police. And then the morality police deemed him to be unethical for reporting it. Oh, God, this is messed up. Mm. Uh, he says in here that, back to Brooklyn, Seven years ago, Mr. Rosenberg started blogging about sex abuse in his particular community and opened a New York City hotline to, fi filed, uh, to file sexual abuse claims. He also posted appeals on YouTube, appeared on CNN, and has given speeches across the United States, Canada, Israel, and Australia. Today, he is a lone whistleblower among the Sutma, and for this, he is reviled, slandered, hated, feared. He even receives death threats on a regular basis in Yiddish and Hebrew newspapers. Advertisements are taken out to describe him uh, so, sorry. As, a, as a stumbling block for the House of Israel. There are leaflets up <laughs> in that local community calling him a corrupt informer, saying that he should rot in hell forever and they should cut him off from all four corners of the earth. Can we get the opinion of the people who aren't pedos, though? Well, this and is... the pedos are like, well, we hate you. Is that okay? So this is the, the weirdness, because this particular sect in this particular area of Brooklyn are bloody mental by the looks of it. So this is the sexual uh, cases in, against this particular community. And you scroll down, there's just the, the case listed. And it, yeah, okay, there's quite a few. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not strange to see them. So it does definitely seem to be that there's a, like any situation like this, insular community, doesn't work with the police, a bunch of weird men at the top of your hierarchy, which attracts pedophiles, yeah. engaging pedophilia. I mean, it just, well, we have one that's convicted, mm. so we can say that. Yeah. So this got conflated with the tunnels 
And now a lot of people are obviously doing, well, old schizo posting yeah. about Jews, of course. You can see why this came about. It wasn't just because people hate Jews. It's like, well, there's, there's a lot of things that make people mix the rumors with something that's happened here. Yeah, so but, there the, but there's no evidence that that's what the tunnels are for or anything like that. Not in the slightest. There isn't anything. Because there's a baby chair. There is a baby chair and a mattress. Yeah. But there's no details. So I, I can't say anything. It's just that, that that's the story. That's the extended part. There was something that really funny happened. Well, not funny. It was weird. Uh, the New York Police Department deleted this tweet in which they, at the same time the tunnel thing blew up, they tweeted out that this guy was arrested for, or is wanted for public lewdness in Brooklyn. So presumably part of that community as well. It's just like, oh God, I, I don't know. But the New York Police Department deleted that. But anyway, what did we learn? Well, not much. <laughs> not really much at all. I feel like I learned a fair amount about this particular community. But the thing is, that's already publicly known. The police even know that. The prosecutors know it. Mm. Um, there's local campaigns complaining about their lack of uh, force to try and stop that problem. And their complaint in response is, well, they won't work with us. Yeah. The community won't work with us. We can't solve it. I feel like there's vindication, though, for that guy who heard Jews under his floor. Yeah, take uh, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And everybody said he was schizophrenic and anti-Semitic. And I think, you know, maybe people should be a bit more careful before throwing around accusations yeah. of uh, anti-Semitism or whatever ism or phobia is, because maybe there are yeah. people in the walls. <laughs> it turns out that, that it's not a 0% chance. Yeah. So there we are. Um, I'll end this off, though, with um, I think the people who got the most out of this were <laughs> schizo-anons, yeah. of course. <laughs> I mean, 4chan, for example, was just like, oh my god, it's Christmas! Yeah. <laughs> it's all come true. Hanukkah came early for them. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, really is, I think, the big story for the vast majority of us, because none of us, you know, very few of us live in Brooklyn, very few of us have any connection to any of this. Mm. But my god, have we enjoyed some good memes. So I thought we'd, <laughs> we'd end that off with this, which is, I'll just go a few through, which is, as you can see here, uh, the New York City mayor has ordered every cop in the city to find the tunnel source. So, <laughs> turns out, that wasn't a plot hole. That was probably true. So, there's the ADL. They've uh, now listed a few more things on their, their hate symbol list. So, just clean mattresses and cement trucks. So, there we are. There's that. <laughs> which blew up. Um, people started making Ben Shapiro memes, because, of course, you know, the, the probably most famous, I think, Jewish conservative. Oh, well, these Judeo-Christian tunnels, are they? Yes. Yes, they <laughs> are. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> but, you know, I, I love you, Ben. But that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, I like Ben, too. But... <laughs> There's also the claims that New York Jews will rise again, so. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was enjoyable. <laughs> there is also some new Minecraft skins available, if, you, if, if you'd like some, <laughs> to be honest. If I was Jewish, that would be really funny. <laughs> I'd totally download that, yeah. for sure. Um, there's also some other people making jokes now whenever someone finds something weird in their house. So this guy found um, a big hole in his floor. <laughs> the sewer? And people's response is, man, the Jews are going to come through your floor. <laughs> so this meme isn't going to go away. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eight million views on that one. This is going to become a new running joke, I believe. Um, there's other people talking about the fact, you know, you're hiding <sighs> tunnels across New York City. Yeah, and then the last one I'll end it off with was, is, uh, of course, a nice Harry Potter reference. Of course. Because as we know, Harry Potter's joined the far right now. So yes. there we are. <laughs> but that's it. That's really the story. There's, there's not much to know for sure. Um, we don't even know how many tunnels there are, how big they were, what their purpose was. None of it makes much sense whatsoever. Mm. Um, but it certainly is the case that people are conflating stuff and not unreasonably. Because yeah. 
I mean, very weird community, very secretive, is going to cause a lot of rumors. Yeah. Like Freemasonry or something like that. Yeah. And it's also just a crazy thing to have happened. I feel like uh, the news is getting weirder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean, like 2024, yeah. and we've already had like ultra Orthodox yeah. Jews in tunnels. <laughs> yeah, literally crawling <laughs> out. What am I looking at? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is why I'm not making any predictions. Though. Like yeah. people are like, what do you think will happen? <laughs> Bro, I have no idea. That's why nobody cares when, like, you know, the government announces, oh, we're having this, uh, we've got evidence of aliens. Yeah. And we're going to present yeah, 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 the evidence yeah. in court. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, whatever. We've got Jews in tunnels. What about the tunnels? Yeah. <laughs> did you see the one today? The government is going to mandate toothbrushing for three year olds. Oh, it's man. like, what are you doing? <laughs> they're going to have supervised. Keir Starmer has uh, yeah. suggested supervised toothbrushing in yeah. schools for for children, and it's like, man, this is just the encroachment of government into our into our personal space. But it's, it's, it's like not, it's the even... next thing after toothbrushing your teeth is going to be wiping your arse. Yeah, and then like you know, because no <laughs> government program has ever rolled back. And if they ever did, <laughs> yeah. if we ever got a government that was going to, you know, a supposedly far right government that was going <laughs> to introduce austerity, they'd be like, we're going to cut the bum wiping program. And then everybody's going to be like, oh no, this is terrible. My bum smells now. And it's, all, it's all crunchy. Oh, this is the government's fault. It's like, man, we can't. As soon as, you, as, soon as the government fills a gap, like it, people yeah. become completely dependent on the government, or whatever that but, is. But the point is, like, look how far we've gone. It's just like, okay, so now we're going to have like mandatory toothbrushing. There's going to be a minister for brushing kids' teeth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, there's going to be an infrastructure around yeah, this. There's going to yeah, be a yeah. budget for this. Oh, God. You know, it's just like, God, how pathetic is this? Anyway, so, yeah. I mean, maybe these guys are right. Maybe we all need some tunnels to try and escape. Yeah. Or cavities. That's, that's that. Toothbrushing. Let's move on. Okay, move on. Uh, so I'm going to talk about, um, about the attack on democracy that's happening around the world. But I'm, I'm going to focus specifically on Europe, um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that we're moving in, anti-democratic, in an anti-democratic direction in Europe. We know that across the pond, democracy is in, is in a pretty parlous state at the moment. Uh, so according to Glenn Kirshner, who's a US attorney uh, with 30 years experience, um, who's a legal analyst for NBC and MSNBC News, uh, so obviously, you know, a leftist, part of the leftist establishment, uh, he says uh, Trump has an extremely high chance of um, of being convicted in 2024, uh, and he's facing Trump is facing 91 charges across four criminal trials. Uh, there's also civil tr- civil cases against him as well. While he's not expected to face all four trials in 2024, some trial dates have been set, and the first is the 4th of March for Trump's alleged role around the January 6th insurrection. So, you know, and it's pretty much being pinned on him. If you see it discussed yeah. in The Guardian or whatever, they're, they're saying, they're openly saying Trump incited it. They're prejudging yeah. his, his, uh, his case. Um, so, you know, the establishment is going to do whatever it can to, to use lawfare to bring Trump down. We know that's happening. And we know that this isn't the first time the government, the Democrats, the left-wing establishment have tried to subvert democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 2020 election, the Democrats colluded with the executive wings of government, such as the FBI, and with big tech companies to suppress stories harmful to Biden's electoral chances, the most notable being the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, which revealed details of all kinds of malfeasance and criminality, uh, fraud, payments from foreign regimes to Biden family members, smoking crack, uh, paying for sex, paying for sex with possibly with government funds, which is a super mega offence. That's like, you know what I mean? That's that's like a an offense squared state. In, in a previous in a previous era, it would have been a super mega offense. Oh, yeah. still wandering around scot free. Yeah, yeah, bizarrely. And there's you know there's the um, 
the, the House Oversight <laughs> Committee <laughs> that are investigating. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, too. I, I used the state's money to have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I left my bag of coke in the White House. <laughs> Can I have it back? <laughs> Literally. Um, and ironically, Trump is called a fascist, but the co-opting <laughs> of executive arms of government and uh, corporations into, into an undemocratic government uh, is actually much closer to the realities of fascism, uh, which is something that seems to be completely lost. And all the people are saying, oh, we must, Trump is a threat to democracy. We must completely subvert democracy to stop him ever getting elected. Um, but I'm not going to look at that because it'll take too long to look at them all. I'm just going to look at, at Europe. There's a repeating pattern across Europe of a cordon sanitaire uh, put around any right-wing party that gets electoral support. Ah. So a cordon sanitaire is when other parties uh, refuse to work uh, with with that party. It's, you know, it's sort of like walling off the shit, basically. I haven't been following this, but I'm going to guess that the AFD broke 30% in the polls. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly, oh, they're right? certainly on track. <laughs> they're certainly on, I haven't actually seen, I haven't actually seen the, the most recent <laughs> poll results, but yeah. they're, I mean... Yeah, they're doing they're doing incredibly well. Right, um, I'll get to them in a moment. I'll go through a, a few of the other European parties that have had um, cordon sanitaires around them. Um, in Sweden, the uh, political parties in the the parliament there adopted a policy of non cooperation with the right wing Sweden Democrats, which is now the biggest party yeah. in the Swedish parliament. So I mean, cordon sanitaires eventually they they break open. Uh, and since 2012, all major parties in the Netherlands refused to cooperate with Gert Wilders PVV. And they're now the biggest party in the parliament there. So there's, <laughs> there's a pattern developing. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, a majority of the parliament of Catalonia uh, refused to work with the, the right of centre centralist People's Party. Uh, so they're, they're not even a you know, far right or far left party. So you know, sometimes people use these cordon sanitaires just to, just to sort of uh, improve their own um, electoral chances and increase their own power. Well, it exposes um, something, doesn't it? It's yeah. Like- Whatever this coalition is, really, that's just one party. And then there's us, the actual opposition. Yeah. yeah. And in France, like um, they, they had a, a cordon sanitaire against uh, Marie Le Pen in the uh, national rally. And uh, they've sort of uh, recently sort of detoxified their party so the, you know, more people are working with them. Or well, France uh, got worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both actually, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a cordon sanitaire, it happens less in the UK because we have a sort of majoritarian system, first past the post instead of proportional representation. So fringe parties tend to get uh, tend to not get any seats. So you know, there's no need to wall them off. Although um, all parties refuse to work with the British National Party. Um, but yeah, looking at uh, France and this cordon sanitaire against Marine Le Pen and the National Rally, like what happens? When a cordon sanitaire backfires, eventually they all they all crumble because you know if anything, it's sort of people feel that they're not getting a chance to vote or you know yeah. they're not being listened to, so then they vote harder and they, more people vote for that for that person. But it brings to attention the issue that the party that's sort of the insurgent party is trying to bring to light. Yeah, and every other party validates it by saying, right, we won't work with them because we're morally opposed to whatever. You know, we're morally opposed to preventing French kids from being murdered or something. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> Well, that tells me more about you guys. Well, exactly. They're like, we're morally opposed to making sure that France isn't subsumed in legal immigration. We're morally opposed. And it's like, okay, well, then that tells everyone. You're just telegraphing to the entire nation. uh, If you want that problem ended, you've only got one solution. So, you know, Gert Wilders, okay, you know, when when the Palestine stuff happened, and Gert Wilders like, look, maybe these people should probably not be here. Up in the polls. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you just tell everyone that's the guy to vote for. 
Yeah, and people really resent being told who <laughs> yeah, to yeah. vote for and who, yeah. and also, you know, casting a vote and then yeah. not seeing the person that they voted for that got all these votes, not being able to enact any, you know, enact the will of the people. Yeah. You can see with, uh, people in America are saying like, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't like Trump, but let me have the choice at the at the polling booth. Let me choose whether to, to vote for him or not. Don't, don't you know, hobble him or, or take him out of the race unfairly. Uh, and what happened in uh, in France uh, was quite interesting because France recently passed an immigration law that was surprisingly robust, given that Macron really? is, a, is, a set, is a total centrist. Uh, so they've got longer delays for non-EU foreigners to get welfare, so they're going to have to wait five years before they get any welfare. Good idea. It's never going to happen here. No. <laughs> they're going to have a, a reform of state medical care for non-EU foreigners, so you know that, that would end you know, uh, medical idea. tourism, you know, people coming, you know, having their babies and and whatever, and and um, uh, and they're they're going to end. I mean, quite a big one was ending the sort of automatic birthright citizenship. So if you're born in France, you don't automatically have uh, citizenship anymore. Um, uh, so they'll have to request citizenship between the age of sixteen and eighteen, and they'll they'll take the parents' citizenship uh, instead. Uh, there's going to be the possibility of the withdrawal of nationality so dual national people convicted of um of certain crimes the pretty extreme crimes the voluntary homicide of a police officer or government representative can have their french nationality withdrawn i mean that's such a such a fringe case you know there's not that many voluntary homicides of police officers but or government representatives it's a good precedent exactly right yeah, okay well if we do it for the police why can't we do it for a regular citizen it can expand yeah. out and exactly yeah. Yeah. and eventually you know people will be like well maybe maybe i'll stop killing people <laughs> maybe, maybe i won't behead the school teacher i'll go to jail i mean it just it, it just happens so often yeah that you know maybe they won't think that but anyway so. yeah um foreign students are going to give a guaranteed deposit so like you know you know a stag yeah. do going to a comedy club you all pay 20 quid and then you get that 20 quid back each if you don't uh, throw I any drinks, how the... weird that last point actually was for a minute. Because if you've got dual citizenship, so you remember like that Chechen guy. Yeah, I just imagine him killing someone, like a police officer or the and he's the school one who teacher. beheaded the school teacher. Yeah, and then being like, "I'm French, I'm French." It's like, no, mate, like, you're literally Chechen. Yeah, you you did it because of Chechen reasons. Yeah, and you yeah you did it according to the values of uh, you know extremist Glorious Islam. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If you want. So like yeah, that's and and this is the thing that people have I think for too long you know Western Europe has been like oh we've got magic soil we can invite all these people here and as soon as they step off the boat and step onto French soil or or British soil or whatever they're going to suddenly become imbued with Western values of tolerance and and not beheading people because they showed a cartoon in class. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't work like that. The, no, the, values, just <laughs> yeah, the values don't evaporate on the on the boat. Uh, also, family reunification rules are being tightened, so you can't, you know, at the moment, if somebody comes here as a, as a worker or a student, um, you know, you can bring uh, the the village with you. Now, that's going to be that's going to be tightened <laughs> bring the up. village with you, and that's literally how it works. My <laughs> like, yeah. God damn it! Yeah, and they're also uh, uh, wives are going to have to be older, so no more child brides being brought brought in from overseas. These all sound like perfectly reasonable rules. They are perfectly sensible, reasonable rules, uh, but they were seen by the sort of centrist establishment as just horrific, racist, blah, but, blah, 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 everything else. Yeah, by the people who are morally opposed to preventing your children from being raped. Yeah. And that's literally what they are. Yeah. Vote for me. <laughs> yeah, vote for us. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, what's interesting is that these rules that are seen as so far right actually got passed by Macron's centrist government right and it happened because of the cordon sanitaire if they hadn't been trying to exclude 
uh, Marine Le Pen and you know these ideas, then uh, they, it's very likely that these ideas would have been watered down uh, because uh, opposition parties refuse to even debate the immigration bill in Parliament. <laughs> so, we so need as many foreign murderers in the country as possible. So yeah, we're not yeah. we're not even debating this. You are beneath our contempt. So if you won't allow every single Moroccan rapist and stabber, then that no no dice. Basically, yeah. It's literally what they're Trust saying. Trust me, the soil is magic. As soon as he steps on it. <laughs> so, because it, refused, it is like a druid, actually. Coming up to you. <laughs> because they refused, refused to debate it, the, this compromise text was swiftly drawn up by a special parliamentary committee with you know very little oversight right, and input right. from all these like raving leftists. And as a result, the centrist government put forward a much tougher right-wing bill that Marine Le Pen has seen as... She's declared it as an ideological victory. Oh yeah, yeah, it is yeah. incredible. And she should. It's, yeah. it's more than what she would have been able to do if she was actually in power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, and the, you know, there's been some some backlash. Macron's health minister Aurelien Rousseau resigned to show his opposition. That's a, I'm that's out. A... Not enough people are going to get murdered. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> France go... is finished. Billions must die. <laughs> <laughs> no, France is finished. Billions won't die. <laughs> <laughs> and Macron just said, "I respect him," and then very. <laughs> Very quickly replaced him. I so, respect uh, his moral moral stand. Yeah. <laughs> but if we look, I mean, uh, uh, this week, uh, the AFD have been in, in the news um, quite a lot because politicians politicians from Germany's far-right Alternative for Deutschland, or AFD party, met the head of the right-wing extremist identitarian movement and neo-Nazi activists to discuss a master plan for mass deportations in the event of the party coming to power. Uh, the meeting, which was first reported on Wednesday, uh, took place last November at the Countryside Hotel in the outskirts of Potsdam. It's likely to feed a fraught debate over whether the AFD should be banned due to growing concerns that it poses a fundamental threat to German democracy. So they're, they're debating... German democracy they're debating, is foreigners. They're debating banning a political party to, to help democracy. That's not how democracy works. Democracy is where the people get to vote. If the people don't like the AFD, they won't vote for them. But it just so happens the AFD are one of the biggest parties, if not the biggest party in Germany at the moment. Uh, they're in first place in all five of Germany's eastern states, uh, three of which are holding elections later yeah. this year. But there's um, something deeper there that you just mentioned, which is like, the AFD didn't promise to blow up the Reichstag. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't promise to ban everyone else from running. They said, we will deport foreign criminals. And they were like, well, that's a threat to all of Germany. Yeah. So what is all of Germany? They're literally just suggesting stuff that's similar to what Macron, the centrist uber hero of France, is, uh, is, is, is put into place. So in the German leftist mind, Germany is not the German people or the nation or the land. It yeah. is the people we bring in. Yeah. That's so it. In yeah. December, the AFD passed 23%. Wow. So they're, they're, they're quite significant. Yeah. Yeah, so that's especially one. with the with the riots and the uh, protests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's, the amount of women being raped, you know. Did you see yeah. what happened during the Palestine stuff? I don't know if you did. No. Uh, even Antifa in Germany became pro-Israel, right? Because <laughs> there's just so much German guilt. They were like, we can't cross that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that Rubicon can't be taken. Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen footage of uh, the BBC did, did a documentary on this. Oh, uh, Germans, sorry. Oh, Germans no. leaving to go to Paraguay. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, just a quick thing. We can't deport the anti-Semites. We're German. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, some of the years did you live there? <laughs> some of the Muslim uh, Muslim youth have been, you know, throwing Sieg Heil's and all the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they're like big fans of Hitler. Yeah. Because you know, um, Hitler so, was a German. You know, you can't get rid of it. And, and they're, they're a bit more confident about uh, about displaying that anti-Semitism than you know your average Western anti-Semite yeah. would be because you know there's yeah. nobody slaps them down because um, they got special status on the oppression pyramid. We can't get rid of these people who have clearly integrated in German history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They it's integrated too hard. They took it too far. I'm just saying, it's authentically German. Look at <laughs> and it's, it's not the first time. It's not the first time they've tried to bring down the AFD using using lawfare. And this is what, they, you know, what they're trying to do with, with Trump as well. Yeah. In 2022, uh, the AFD headquarters were searched by prosecution officials. It was purportedly because of errors in accounting, uh, but they were gathering, you know, hard drives and all the rest. It's a phishing exercise, basically. And uh, yeah, what what I find interesting about the you know the cordon sanitaires around right wing parties is that you see right wing politicians referred to as populist, and it's always said sort of sneeringly. Oh and no, doing what the like, voters want. Oh, yeah, 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 literally. <laughs> as if that's not what democracy <laughs> yeah. should be. And also they, they suggest that um, right-wing parties, right-wing politicians are just pretending to espouse right-wing political positions in order to gain popularity. Uh, you know, they're sort of like fall fans sneering at Coldplay fans for, you know, yeah. liking some that's, that's, or Def Leppard fans for, you know, liking some that's popular. But I've never met a right-wing person or a right-wing politician who I've felt holds their political position because it's politically expedient yeah. or you know lucrative or right. somehow you know the easier thing to do. It's yeah, yeah, always yeah. the harder what? thing to do. How how could you be like, yeah, I'm going to get make loads of money by becoming an extreme right winger and getting everything shut down and deplatformed from everything and demonetized and like, sorry, that's not yeah. where the money is. Never been able to work yeah. again and yeah, 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 be yeah, a pariah yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it, like. The, the people on the right that yeah. that meant they're generally you know even if I don't agree with them they man they believe it they're sincere, I mean? they're sincere they're sincere um so yeah it's uh, it's ridiculous whereas you know pretending to be left wing can be very look lots look, of NGO money yeah look at ninety nine percent of comedians and yeah speaking of NGOs uh, so this is another way I think democracy is being subverted in the West um so Charlie Flanagan is an Irish politician he, he gave an interview to the to the Irish Times as he retired from politics and he's a pretty liberal guy uh he voted for divorce he voted for same sex marriage he voted he voted to repeal the 8th amendment uh and also uh, voted for the abortion legislation that followed it uh but he's worried about the direction that the progressive agenda uh, is is moving Ireland in uh so he says we're letting in slightly too many murderers <laughs> yeah. We need fifty percent fewer murderers let into Ireland. Yeah, and some of them, some of them are. Uh, I mean, there's some homophobic murders in the in the west of Ireland. I think it's Sligo. Yeah. And uh, can't the Irish would do this. A, Mus a Muslim guy. Well, oh. they tried to blame it. You know what the, the <laughs> of course they did. Ireland, the liberal media was all like, "Oh, this this man had internalized Catholic homophobia." <laughs> like he's literally <laughs> he's an Islamic extremist. And you're saying he's got internalized Catholic homophobia because he's he's suddenly become immersed in Irish culture. Are you mad? Well, of all the, the magic dirt made East, him do it, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> made him Catholic. <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Uh, so yeah, this guy Charlie Flanagan. Uh, you know, he, he gives an insight into into the into Irish politics. He says the liberal agenda has accelerated in recent years in, in a way that causes me discomfort. It's about euthanasia. It's a very radical ideological transgender agenda. Uh, it's commercial surrogacy and a move towards liberalized abortion, complete, completely different uh, from that which I voted for five years ago. 
Um, it is immoral if the state can't euthanize its own citizens. Don't yeah. you know, so I have to retire. <laughs> and then you create an industry around it. I mean, yeah. the, the trans, transgender, the transitioning industry is worth billions. Like, I, I think it's some like 17 billion worldwide. I did make that number up, but it is, it is billions. No, no, I did no, no, research no. it once. And no, it's, no, no, no. It is, man, it is a large, large industry. And, you know, the number of gender clinics in the USA has gone from three to like over 100 now. Um, so, you know, people are making a lot of money. And as soon as there's a financial incentive to be pushing this stuff, man, like, I don't know, I just, it, it's... It's just it's it's it smells, uh, not just when the operation goes wrong. But he says uh, he says he hasn't suddenly become a raving right wing extremist bigot. But he, he does. I still want it. Irish people to get killed by immigrants, <laughs> not yeah. this quickly. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I have no respect for the pro argument with the number of murders that have gone on, the number of stabbings, the number of rapes, the number of terrorist explosions. It's like now that you, if you want more mass immigration, that's what you're asking for. Yeah, yeah. Know, that is precisely what you're for. And so shut. I'm I'm just so dumb with it, and especially when you have a uh, an immigration policy that isn't uh, cherry picking. Yeah, the, I think one of the yeah. one of the things that we can do, one of the things that Australia does well, is it cherry picks the best people. You want yeah. to reach, you know, points yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Um, We've got a doctor with twenty years experience and a really solid track record, no criminal record. Yeah, yeah. he can come. Yeah, he that one guy can come. That's fine. He can marry an Australian woman. Boom, done, sorted. Yeah, you know, we've added something to our country. No, we're just letting every Mohammed east of the bloody Istanbul. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and if you've got something like the like what they've got in America now, it's actually uh, it's anti-civilizational. It's yeah. anti yeah. Um, uh, us. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just. I'm not one of the people who can just rock up to Mexico and yeah. walk across the border and be treated as a as a refugee because well, you, people will be like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're not, you're not what you're a refugee from Scotland. I know Scotland <laughs> is in a worse state than you know most third world countries. It's got a lower life expectancy than Gaza. <laughs> But you should start still. Making, you should go there and make this case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mexicans are just like, oh man, it's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, you've got a system in a lot of Western countries at the moment where you're sort of selecting just for the sort of um, the, the sort of the people you who are going to be the biggest drain on resources and yeah. you know, the worst impact on society. And we tell them that they're going to get all our money. It's like, come over, we're going to put you up in a hotel. It's like, well, yeah. I don't get put up in a bloody hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I hate him. But one thing that this guy, uh, this guy Charlie Flanagan mentions is that uh, there's a there's a dangerous intolerance of any view that is not being pushed by vociferous, well financed, and well funded non governmental organisations. Uh, he said, uh, he he says, if I wanted to have more influence on government policy, um, I'd become a an official with an NGO than being an actual politician. And uh, and this. Man, this is interesting. The um, the way NGOs influence government is summed up in the National Review. So Ireland and other European nations are notable for having the government fund non-governmental organisations to manage and represent certain problems for constituencies. These organisations then lobby the government directly uh, and governments treat the reports as if they're coming from citizens themselves. Yeah. So the government has chosen... People in the government know what opinion they want to hear. They know what policy... They want to they want to put forward, uh, but they can't just do that because that's that's not democracy. So they pay NGOs, uh, they fund NGOs who then lobby the government with you know what they're being paid to lobby the government with, and then the government can be like, well, look, these people want this. So then you get you know in, in Ireland, for example, their immig immigration laws have become you know vastly detached from what the the actual general population want. Um, you know, population growth in, in Ireland is, uh, I think it was at 12.7% a year compared to like, you know, that, that's like almost 10 times uh, the rest of uh, Western Europe. Um, and the amount of money 
that goes to these NGOs is insane. So, um, so uh, the annual defence budget is under a billion euros in Ireland. The annual sum allocated to support the work of NGOs in Ireland is almost nine billion euros. Do you know how so, big the Irish Army is? Probably not very big. Seven thousand men. Right. It's, I looked it up the other day because it's literally like, okay, so you're bringing in literally tens of thousands of these people every year. And you have an your entire army is 7,000 men. Yeah. So if they all got together and were like, you know, Ahmed, yes, Mohammed, I think there are loads of us. <laughs> I think there are actually. Really? You think like, so? yeah, no, no, I think there were like 100,000 of us. And I just Googled it like Sargon of Akkad did. And it turns out they've got 7,000 men. We've got 100,000 men. Just saying, Ahmed. And do you think they'd then be like, uh, Britain, would you mind uh, invading us again? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. No, 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 we'd literally like, okay, I think we're going to have to ask the Brits. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think those 7,000 men, men are just to keep Britain out. Yeah, no, well, no, they're not to keep anyone out. What they are is to pr support the police yeah. when the police need help in a particular area. Right, so yeah. they're just an occupational force against right. the Irish. They're not going to keep the British army out. Yeah. You know, they're not going to keep the French army out or anything like that. They're just 7,000 men. They're not going to do anything. And is Ireland in NATO? Yes. Um, oh, it is. Right, cool. <laughs> Um, I assume it is. I'm just going to guess. But. And yeah, so the amount of money that Ireland, the Irish government spends on NGOs is 8% of the government budget. Like, it's an insane, a proportionately insane amount of money. Oh, and this God. is why, you know, you, you build up to the situation where you've got riots because NGOs are pushing policy in one direction and it's, complete, it's you know, completely away from, you know, where the population actually wants the policy to go. We've got a similar thing in, in Scotland just because, uh, you know, it's, an, it's a small insular uh, political network in Scotland, and there's a lot of sort of special interest groups and NGOs yeah. that um, that have the government's ear. Uh, so the government gets sort of tricked into thinking that's what people want. When no, yeah. that's just what a few obese, uh, non-binary people with blue hair want. Um, and in the UK, another threat to to democracy is uh, is civil service um, government staff refusing to to work with the government. So yeah. you know we vote vote for go for government. We vote for you know Boris Johnson or whatever. When yeah. we don't get Boris Johnson, um, <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's another threat to democracy. The fact that you know you get the person you vote for for <laughs> two years and then they're replaced by somebody you uh... don't, you, and then the person that they're replaced with is replaced with someone else. But uh, anyway, Home Office staff say that they'll refuse to implement the Rwanda plan. Yeah, and uh, staff have called for industrial action and a bid to stop the policy. Uh, one civil servant felt that their situation was uh, anal analogous to, to working for the Third Reich. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I mean, literally one of these examples, like the, de the deportation has been so unbelievably small. There was one where there was a, a repeated rapist who was put on a plane to go to Jamaica and a bunch of white British women were like, don't deport. It's like, literally, you're like pro-rapist. Yeah. You're actually there going like, no, you can't send this rapist out of the country. It's like, look. He's not finished his work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, look, look. What? Are you saying you just need a date? Okay, look, I mean, like, <laughs> like, stop it. He is a rapist. He's been convicted. Yeah. He's been to jail. Get rid of him. But for, Western, the worst for, yeah. for Western liberal women, rape is when a man puts his hand on a middle-class woman's knee. It's not when working-class girls are raped. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not when uh, Jews are raped in Israel. It's uh, it's very specific just to the victims of hard That's resistance. Um, but yeah, this idea, like, you know, the civil service are refusing to enact the the government's will that's that's anti-democratic people don't elect the civil i know the civil service should act as a sort of ballast that you know yeah. restrains the government a little bit but this is this is ridiculous and also if you think you're working for the third right quit you can quit you don't have to work for the civil service jesus go get a job in the private sector with all your valuable experience 
champion. I think the long-term trend, sorry. the long-term trend is just for the West to have this inevitable. It's so, so good. I just, that's exactly right. It's like, you just, you're, you know, 1938 and you're in the German civil service. I'm like, look, I'm just not really in favor of gassing the Jews. I'm just not in favor. Of yeah. There were it's, other jobs yeah. available in Nazi yeah, yeah. Germany. Like, I'm going to go on strike. It's like, what? You, you're going to go on strike. You're not going to quit. You're not going to leave. You're not going to do anything. No, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna right, we've got two weeks strike and then we'll get back to it. I'm yeah. just gonna quiet quit doing the Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just not gonna put my full effort into it. This Friday afternoon, I'm just gonna put my feet up. You know, it's like no, that's not how it works. And you know that's not how it works, yeah. you know? Like if you're a conscientious objector, you go out and make the objection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put your you know, I know it's yeah. paying your mortgage, but come on, have some moral if you really think you're working for the third Reich, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, there's this inevitable drift towards communism uh, in the West. I mean, there's a saying that all organizations that aren't set up with an explicitly right-wing yeah. bias inevitably drift leftward. I mean, it's happening to loads of seats. Conquests. Um, <laughs> Are you insane? You got me on. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But, um, but no, that's conquest like second law, I think it is. Right. Yeah. But, right. Uh, but it's totally true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the share of GDP that, that is spent by the state is just gradually ratcheting up year on year. There's, uh, if we move along to the Economist article, uh, yeah, there is. I mean, this is going back to you know the 1870s where you know taxes were a lot lower um, and everybody was a lot happier. But uh, you can see, I mean, this is insane. We're we're looking at over 60% um, in a lot of European countries for the the proportion of GDP that's spent by the government, and it's. I mean, it's a good question by Lauren Southern. I mean, what percentage exactly are you just a communist country? Yeah. Because yeah. most people would say over 50, right? So yeah. if half of the... So Austria is at that point. Yeah, if half France of the economy. Is at that point. Germany's at that point. Italy's at that point. Uh, Spain is nearly at that point. Sweden's definitely at that point. And the United States is, at, what, 45, nearly 50%. Uh, we're probably almost at that point as well, so... Yeah, you could see it there. Yeah. I mean, the Soviet Union was never 100% either. Like there was yeah. a black market, which yeah. was literally just yeah. you know private ownership, and which which was where a lot of the value was was created because you know there wasn't much uh, happening. <laughs> sort of... Nothing else happened. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So this is this is something that that worries me. Where this is going to be, unless unless we get you know everyone gets a Javier Millet. I think oh, you know, we need Oprah. Can you imagine Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey to come out and be like, "You get a Javier Millet. You oh. get a Javier Millet," and we all, we all, and then he can just play afuera. Yeah, yeah. Get up every useless. Because I was, man, just, just this week I was reading about um, the minister for sport is going after Joey Barton for offensive he comments. He's like, why oh, have we no. got a government department <laughs> like that's tasked with dealing with Joey Barton's tweets? This is not something <laughs> what my tax is spent on. It's ridiculous. The arts council. Why have we got an arts council? Yeah. Why people don't want to buy tickets? They want, like, why is why have we got to subsidize ballet? Why have poor people? Poor people's taxes got to subsidize the, the follies of wealthy people. I'm glad you bring this up because I'm going to talk about this in my segment. Good. Well, that's my well, segment. Finish. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on then because the question, why do we need an arts council? Why does government money need to fund uh, the arts? You'd think there's enough interest in the arts in the public to you know, fund it themselves and make lots of money. And the answer is, of course, no, because the arts isn't what you watch. You watch stuff that's entertaining, and then you have the arts. The arts are ideological. The arts are liberal. And they're going to propagandize to you in the same way and in the same mechanism that a, a medieval Christian cathedral would do so. So this is, as you can see, the Alberta Rose Theatre. And they present amendment, writing our wrongs. You know it's going to be good. 
you know it's going to be good. Calling Out for Human Rights, a concert featuring trailblazing composers, poets, and activists showcasing a dynamic new works that look past it looked to our past to inspire a better future. I don't know what percentage of this is funded with government money. I just know it's most of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, by D- Melissa Dunphy. Uh, and so the piece juxtaposes voices of the founding fathers with those of minoritized women fighting for universal voting rights, including yeah. Ida B. Wells and <laughs> Stacey Abrams. Is that not kind of cruel on the women? Because you're going to hear this, you know, eloquent and coherent speech from Washington. <laughs> and then Stacey and then Abrams. Stacey Abrams. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't remember Stacey Abrams, she's the uh, repeatedly failed uh, gubernatorial candidate for Georgia, who was also portrayed as the Emperor of Earth in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Emperor of Earth, but, you know, the, the person in charge of the, the Federation. Uh, Taylor Stewart, the visionary founder of the Oregon Remembrance Project, who will share impactful stories throughout the performance. God, you can just see this sounds amazing, don't you? Right? Including uh, Oregon's most widely documented African-American victim of lynching, Oregon. Eh? Oregon had an African-American victim of lynching. That must be the only one. Mm. But Oregon's an insanely white state. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say. And in, especially back in the day. Yeah. It's not Alabama South. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. They found one, right? Uh, Stuart was known for his thought-provoking TEDx talk, quote, how do you reconcile a lynching? My God, how many hundreds of years has it been? Right? Uh, and so basically it'll talk about Oregon's history of racial injustice and paved the way for meaningful social change. So I went and looked up the uh, lady who's done this. Now, I looked at her Twitter account, and she doesn't... Right, it's going to be fine. She's an obvious shit lady, right? But she doesn't seem to be that bad. Like, she doesn't seem evil. She's not like, ah, oh, you know, but she just obviously believes all this stuff. She's just, her personally, probably a nice person. Don't go and talk to her or anything like that. Don't go leave the comments. She seems like a nice enough person. But you can see the kind of thing. The premiere of American Dreamers United by Dream. Uh, United We Dream. The lyrics are, uh, this is where we found our home away from home. This is where we belong. Mother Earth who feeds us all takes our roots, their roots, no matter how long, how short. She's whispering, this is where you belong. Resist, resist. Oh, there's no way. And as you can see by the 2.2 thousand views this has had. Um, it might be not entirely funded by yeah. public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way this is uh, self-funded. Right? Just, just How saying. much was a ticket out of interest? If you go back, there was a, a link. That's yeah. Like- yeah. Um, the tickets were something like $40 at most. Mm. So $40 yeah. for adults, $30 for seniors, blah, blah, blah. $5 for arts of all. Yeah. And I, I expect most of the people watching this are probably fellow art students. Okay. Um, so yeah, th- this isn't this isn't self-funded. Um, There's a bit of a aside there. How about the Me Too song? Why would, why would you make one? Why, what would the point? Well, I, I can pitch uh, that to you as a project for this company. You'd laugh at me, but rightly so. I mean, I, I would be curious about the angle. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of the lyrics go like this: "This is our riot act. This is our revolution. This is our riot act. This is our manifesto." Talking about their monstrous actions. Their monstrous actions, eh? Uh, it's time for them to fear being named. Oh, God. By the same voices they silenced. So they are going to get named. All right. Is this people in the Epstein list? It, it sounds rather anti Semitic, doesn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, so the, what inspired this was this video that went around. Um, perfect performance. Oh, it's amazing. This mastery of the liberal arts yes. manifest. 
So as you can see, it's called Identity Politics from Amendment, Writing Our Wrongs by Melissa, Dun Melissa Dunphy, uh, text by Stacey Abrams, Melissa Dunphy, and Ida B. Wells. So what they've done is lifted some lyrics, some text from Ida B. Wells. Uh, from the All she's Souls that, Choir. She's that lunatic. Yeah, from like race early 20th century. Okay. Uh, she was a journalist, a uh, uh. radical race activist. Um, but uh, I thought we'd watch it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> I mean, that is a commercial success. I think, I think you'll agree. <laughs> this uh, yeah, I mean, um, clearly doesn't need uh, public funding. Yeah. Um, I'm finally in favor of face masks. <laughs> really improve, yeah, they're all masks. I didn't even really notice. Prove a choir. Uh, oh, my God. Right. So, I mean, first things first, right? I just want to talk about the framing of this. Because, like, this is just the most self-indulgent thing you've ever heard. Because mm. this kind of, you know, choir music would normally have been praises to God. So yeah. it's not about you. Right? They're in a church. Yeah, exactly. They're in a church. It would have been praise to God. It would have been praise to creation. It would have been about something other than yourself that you are looking up to. But no, now we're going to adopt that frame of worship and praise and go right on me. No, our rights depend. Our democracy is all about me. We are the most important thing. And that's, I feel it's just kind of gross, right? You know, that's just kind of gross to adopt the aesthetic of divine worship. I mean, I'm an atheist, but I can respect at least there's a beauty to this. Yeah. And they're totally co-opting it and making it utterly cringe, right? So that, and, and they just make it unbelievably self-centered. I'm at the point where I'm like, you know, remember, remember when Jordan Peterson first came out, there was a video of one of his lectures and he's just like, oh, haven't we heard enough about your rights? And I'm just exactly at that point now. I'm so, yeah, I actually am just sick of your rights. Very tired of it, right? But then I thought we'd just go through some of the same because I just think these are hilarious, right? 
Our rights depend on whether we live in the right state. Yeah. Yeah. The, the state's rights. I'm, I might preempt a bit of this, but I hate this whole conversation that your rights are just given to you. Well, that's the I'm much, there's a Polish phrase I much more prefer, which is um, we do not beg for freedom, we fight for it. It's just but, but, that, that's what they're doing. Yeah, this is this, this is their machine gun. Just yeah. liberal beggars. But this, yes. I mean, I, I think they don't understand. Liberals tend not to understand what human rights are. So, a human, what liberals think is a human right is, is generally something that's nice to have. Like it's nice to have free healthcare, like broadband. Yeah, it's nice to have broadband. Yeah. It's not a human right. I'm you know what I mean? Let Jeremy Corbyn forget this. Yeah, Jeremy Corbyn was like, "Everyone, yeah, broadband is a human right." Okay, <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, yeah, like, yeah, of course, not. a human right, a, a right can't be something that imposes a burden on someone else. Yeah, because you know, if you if you take the the free broadband to its logical extent, if that's a human right, then eventually the state's going to have to hold broadband engineers at gunpoint, like, like they did with doctors install, in Cuba, the cable yeah. in, <laughs> like they literally did with doctors in Cuba, literally. Yeah. But that's so, the point. A human right, in, in in like the sort of classical liberal formulation, a human right is something intrinsic to the person. That they possess with them wherever they go. So if yeah. they're on their own in the woods, then they have the right to do this, that, the other, because it's within their natural power. Yeah, anyone yeah, tries so. to stop me. Exactly. This is the law of nature. Yeah. So um, human rights can only be taken away by yes. someone. They can't be given by someone. Exactly. But not to these people. To these people, and this is this is the key problem between like the like Lockean view of liberalism, and the Rousseauian view. The Rousseauian view makes the state nature itself. Because of course, in the Lockean view, well, nature provides the food, the resources, you know, the 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 power of my limbs and stuff like this but no 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 if we replace nature with the state and nature being a kind of proxy for god um now the, the state has to do all of these things yeah the state has to provide you with broadband because you would have broadband in the state of nature don't you yeah that's literally where they're at i know it's, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> moronic i hate liberals <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah our rights depend on whether we live in the right state well i mean not from the classical liberal perspective but in in the sort of like you know neo-marxist form of liberalism yeah that's that's if totally i true. beg for it yeah yeah uh and therefore you know our rights depend on where we were born again not classically liberal of course but in their new sort of total state paradigm that's true and what they're complaining is that that means that there are some places on earth that aren't comprehensively liberal but there are some places that are just partially liberal like normal places like england i was gonna say well, not anymore not anymore yeah okay 20, 30 years ago, places that are like partially liberal. And so they would believe that actually there's something outside of the purview of the state. Uh, but of course, these people don't think about it. But they're also thinking, okay, all of mankind is living under this burden. So they say, well, our rights depend on when and how our family arrives. Yeah. yeah. If you break into a country, actually, you don't really have many rights to things in that country. And you should just get deported because you're illegal. That's totally true. Yeah. But this is an injustice. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then, of course, our rights depend on whether we can afford valid ID. No. What are you going to do with that? Well, they think that black people are too poor to buy ID. Also, IDs haven't been around that long. Because what, <laughs> like, you didn't have... Yeah, John Locke didn't have an ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wasn't like buying booze yeah. with his yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. portrait of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lock it. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you deeply cared about ID laws, I mean, you'd fight for them. Like yeah. you'd sincerely yeah. actually fight, and then you'd make sure you won't have to show them. Right? Yeah, think of it as a as a COVID. none of these people are going to fight. Think of it as a COVID passport. And yeah, then... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good selling point. But but think about the previous one. They're like our rights depend on when and how our family arrive, because of course they think that no humans are legal. So the concept of ID is just a way of excluding those people who, for normal people, shouldn't be in your country and are 
taking resources they don't deserve, right? But so then, of course, they go, our rights depend on the lawyers we can afford. Well, no, no, you missed one there. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah the, sorry, yeah. The rights depend on the ID matches our gender. <laughs> Breaking ground in liberal thought. <laughs> I mean, it's true. This is an example of them getting what a human right is completely arse about tip because, yeah. you know, they think it's a, it's a human right for somebody to, to say that you are the gender that, you know, you pretend you're being or whatever. Yeah. And that's not a huge, like, it's my human right to not be compelled yes. to say things that I don't want to say. Yeah. It's, it's my human right to, you know, say you want to say your, your gender is ZZM. And I, I don't want to refer to you as ZZM. If I want to be Two-Face and burn off half of my face. Yeah. My, yeah, I don't look like the ID anymore. Yeah. It's not going to... There is nothing to say about that, is there? Really? Not really. It's, just, just, it's just hilarious cringe that, like you said, has to be funded by the government. Yeah. But so anyway, our rights depend on the lawyers we can afford. Now, that is actually a, a sort of technical legal issue. The about criticism. The, yeah, that, that's actually an issue. But that was solved about 70 years ago when the state provided you with defense laws. Yeah. So not really an issue. Moving on. Uh, our rights depend on whether the criminal justice system has convicted us of certain crimes under the law. Yeah, that's what the law is. Yeah, that's what uh, punishment your, is. <laughs> your rights to freedom of movement, for example, is rather restricted if you rape and murder someone. Yeah. You know, and uh, I would say justly. Think of that for a minute. You I'm could, an old hat. You could claim asylum <laughs> in their view in a foreign country because let's say I go out and kill 10 people tomorrow. Well, I'm going to be oppressed by the state after all that. Yes. So then I should the go and... Codian analysis. Yeah, I'm like, DPRK, let me in. Yeah. I'm an asylum seeker. Yeah. And well, in Portland or wherever this was, uh, let me in. And they'll be like, oh my God, you are. You're an oppressed asylum seeker. You only murdered 10 people. Um, and Korea so... I'll actually take you in for that. I'll kick you out. Yeah, North Korea, I'm going to take that. But like California will take No, that. but I, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, the North Koreans are like, that's a bit... Yeah. <laughs> but that's but I love this. Whether it's convicted us for certain crimes of the law. Yeah, yeah, that obviously it does. You defile rights. But yeah, and yeah, exactly. No. Man, that's where all this stuff is going. It totally is. Yeah. It totally is. But but because pedophiles are humans. And it's like, yes, that is true. Pedophiles are humans. Oh, well, they've got human rights. Oh, look, they're being oppressed by the criminal justice system. It's inhibiting their rights to access to children under the law. It's like, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm not a liberal, so you know. But a system that targets some of us more than others. Yeah, the lawbreakers. You know, there's no point targeting little old grannies who aren't committing a crime when you've got literally urban mobs rampaging through yeah. the street, stabbing people. But it's interesting but, that liberals will always bring up the sort of disparities, racial disparities mm. in, in homicide statistics or whatever it is, as evidence that you know the, the criminal justice system is is actually run by a KGB who hates yeah. black people. It's biased against you know this this racial group. But then you know ninety five percent of homicide uh, arrests are are men. Yeah. So are they also deeply sexist and biased? No, no, not not on this particular occasion, but on that one, yes. But that's the point, isn't it? Like, no, no, the criminal justice system is biased against crime. Yeah. That's just it. So what? Who's committing the crimes? Well, they're stepping into that category. Uh, anyway, so uh, a system targets some of us more than others. This is the next battle for our democracy. And I'm like, right, your democracy sounds like it's going to be really defensive of rapists. Because the next line is so this one where all citizens can have their say about the vision we want for our country. So we need to have a discussion about this. So we need the rapist and his victim, and they will be given equal amount of screen time to make their case as to why what they did was right. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not getting an equal say about the vision they want for their country. Mm. Look, we need representative government, a representation of society, yep. and that includes rapists. So yep. the first rapist MP will be celebrated as a step forward yep. towards that future. He's your elected representative. Yeah. And it'll be called I... Chris Pincher. <laughs> <laughs> but 
the funny thing about this is as well, like you listed that crap there, and you probably got more as well. Yes, I do. Is obviously that's that's not the end. Yeah. Even the crap they sung about isn't the end. Yeah. There's a never-ending list of what real liberalism is. Yes, we need to hear Jimmy Savile's view of the vision he wants for our country. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. You know, and that's liberty I mean, and justice for all. Run the run, I reckon we could run the numbers actually. The percentage of people in society who are rapists, pedophiles, etc., and then how many MPs they should have, who are M. Because I did see before we started, there was a celebration of a new member of uh, the Spanish Parliament who's got Down syndrome. Yeah, and um, right wing accounts were celebrating this, saying, "Woo, first Down syndrome MP," and she's a right winger. It's just like, yeah, yeah. This literally is the Labour Party the other day when they said they wanted retard representation. It's like, <laughs> This isn't worthwhile. This is this is a waste of time if this is what we're doing. I think it's a testament to how far Down syndrome people have come. Because um, I think in the old days, it meant you were properly, you know, developmentally disabled. But now, like, I'm, I met a Down syndrome lassie who's, she's a, an Olympian as well. And man, you wouldn't know, apart, apart from, you know, the, the facial features. Yeah. But talking to her, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that someone down syndrome can't be a politician or anything like that. I don't know. No, but the argument is that you need representation, and representation yes. is on all fronts. Yeah. Sorry, like, we need rapist representation. Yeah, you need actually genuinely mentally ill representation. You need yeah. people with dementia to be represented by a an MP with dementia now. Yeah. Like, I think, I representative think we, government is a stupid idea. Just on the face. I think of if it. we if we start excluding developmentally disabled people from government. Those we'll be out of MPs. <laughs> <laughs> <We're gonna> <laughs> <have>. <laughs> Liberalism collapses. <laughs> so what, what happens? We end up being well governed. We have sensible policies. Yeah, um, and also, but, man, they do have, they do have uh, representation because you know there's the unless, entire Labour Party actually in prison at that time. You can go and cast your vote. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there's no true. law you know denying uh, people with Down syndrome yep. or uh, you know of people course. who've served a sentence for whatever crime. Yep. What about Holocaust denial representation? I mean, is that something like if you want to go on everything? Actually, I just thought we have to do viewpoint as well. So the Nazis will actually need their own representative to they, be in the British government. That's, if somebody's got Nazi viewpoints and you know they're not in jail, they can. <laughs> we yeah, need an can, MP. They can cast a vote. Oh, I mean, they might. They probably won't get. The result they want, but they've cast their vote. They can see that little number in the you know the polling results. But anyway, so the the final one is our rights depend on whether we have time to stand in line for hours on a weekday, on whether we were purged from the rolls, and whether we were our votes on whether our votes were spoiled and left in uncounted piles. So now it's become a pro-Trump song, right? <laughs> Come, on. <laughs> Come on, that's so. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean that that's literally never happened to the left. Yeah, you know. But it has happened to the right. All right. Depend on if the other side prints a billion ballots. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm really tired of the concept of their rights, and this was total cringe. They sound like conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I think so. And this this thing about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, this being yeah no, no, that's a good point. Where, where, how could they dare criticize the integrity of American elections? Yeah, they're basically insurrectionists. I agree. And we should stop funding them with that with our tax money. We definitely should stop funding the arts with our with our tax money because I mean I've seen I've seen this a lot in uh, in comedy. I, mean, I can understand you know all right some like you know opera or ballet. I mean it's part of sort of Western cultural heritage that I think it's worth mm -hmm. keeping alive. It'd be nicer if they you know they just put the price of the tickets up and rich people paid for it. Mm. But um, but some of this stuff like I, I remember like during COVID I didn't have much on, so I thought I'll apply. To you know, the Arts Council has finally accepted comedy as an art form, so I'm going to apply for, for for money. And it was like the amount of like you had to tickle these boxes, so I had to be like, yeah, I'm I'm you know genderqueer and you yep. know I'm you know non-binary and all this stuff. 
And also then they were all like, you know, they had all these uh, things they had to hit. Like, you know, has it got an anti-racist message? Yeah. Has it got all this? And uh, man, it's just the idea that, you know, you're going to put on a play yeah. at the Pleasance or whatever. And like, it's going to have a powerful anti-racist message. You read these reviews in the garden. It's such a powerful anti-racist <laughs> message. It's like, man, who, who are you convincing? Yeah. Who are you like? Wh wh yeah. What racists are being like? Oh, I'm going to go and see this. And then I saw that play. Now I'm not racist anymore. It's like you're mental. You're just preaching to the to the choir, yeah. and it just skews the market. So you got these dog shit comedians that uh, that get uh, money for you know to put on their funny play or you know to to do their show, and then you know that's clogging up a, a theater space. Also, anybody who goes to see that is going to be like, well comedy's terrible i'm never going to see this again go to the cinema next time yep. so the arts council is a completely you know it just it makes the arts worse and also we have to pay for it and i hate yep. paying for stuff well on that note let's go to the video comments scott's big hey guys it's been a while since i sent a lifting <laughs> video uh, it hurt my shoulder a few months ago and had to take some time off but i've been hitting it hard late lately and uh getting ready for my next competition and uh anyway part of the training is uh recovery so this is my cold tub and uh, about to hop in. We'll see if we can get a temperature on it. Uh, it's, it's an F. Frosty, 39 degrees. Uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is zero, so that's pretty cold. I love that he's using a meat thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my best that's it, yes. My, my wife asked me if, uh, like if she got one of these for the balcony, would I, would I use it? I'm like, no way. Like no way. Apparently, it's really good for you though, because all the it just you get this rush of endorphins, and also it flushes you like your body squinches all the toxins out your muscles or whatever, and then squinches them, squinches fresh blood back out. Yeah. I I just don't like taking cold showers, let alone going in there. Yeah. Do the next one. Hi, little Uh Robert Art Studio here. Um, I guess I just wanted to say in this year little video comment um, how much I actually really appreciate this community. Um, since I've started posting videos, I've had people reach out to me. I've met some amazing people and um, I'm just so grateful for that. And I guess I'm so grateful to the Lotus Eaters. I love your content. I love what we're trying to maybe do and um, I enjoy seeing the show every day. And I enjoy the um, bonus content and things like that. But I want to just say thank you to you guys because I think that the community of people that are here are amazing. And um, I hope that uh, that the future is bright. I guess, you know, yeah. So to contextualize that, Robert was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh shit! About a month ago, I think it was. So, but that was a very sweet video. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got the rim ones. Yeah, Dragonhawk Red says, "I hear tell there are alternative do's music with Harry shredding on the guitar that needs to be shared with the rest of us." Is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've never heard that. John, pull that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Root the Day says, the chat decrees the following. Thou shalt consider adding seasonal and or holiday themed versions of the doodies. Where has this come from? Uh, and the graphics of the startup screen, or else we will ask you again. We did have a Christmas version, sure. Yeah. And it's no longer Christmas, so it's been put uh, back in the yes, box. Yeah. Uh, the Shadow Band uh, sends us a $50 Rumble rant saying shalom. See, paid off. And that's the only thing he said, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie Bigfoot says, can you guys cover the post office scandal so I don't have to watch some ITV drama about it? What happened to the post office? Yeah, I've been ignoring it because they've, they've jumped on it and made it weird. Um, so apparently there was this uh, system that was brought into the post offices to categorize ingoings and outgoings, and there were a bunch of errors in it. But the people, uh, Royal Mail didn't concede that there were errors. 
and instead just assumed every post office in the country that had these errors were just stealing money from Royal Mail, the bastards. They hadn't done it up until we installed this new software, but trust me, now. Mm. So people got all the ways, like, I think that some of them ended up in jail. For, for, for committed suicide. Yeah, for doing Jesus. nothing wrong. Mm. Um, some people were putting loads of their own money into the system so they would have the right number, even Jeez. though they'd done nothing wrong. So it's mad wrong. that people, the thing that really struck me about it was how many people sort of almost believed that they had done it. You know, yeah. they, they, yeah. they, you'd think people would just be like rioting in the streets. Yeah. I have not stolen six and... grand, that's bollocks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. instead they were just like, oh God, have I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's almost this sort of like Stockholm syndrome with the with the government. I guess, you know, if you've been a, government, a state employee for that long. So gonna... it's been going on for years. And then I think it was the ITV drama came out. And all of a sudden, the government's like, oh, wow, well, we can fix it immediately. Yeah. After 20 years of being like, well, it's very complex. Yeah, but the Royal Mail's a private company now. Do it once. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's evil, really. Yeah. It's a really evil event. And they continued prosecuting people after they knew that the accounting software was delivering these errors. Why? Because it's the, it's the state. Because it's the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we've started, so we'll finish. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm not going to stop doing the whole yeah, thing. It's, it's not mastermind for Christ's sake. Bureaucracy says this, so we're going to do yeah. this. Oh, that is awful. That is awful. Um, Matt says, I haven't got the faintest clue where to begin, even speculating on these tunnels. None of the explanations seem to hold any water. I imagine the reason is to do with some insane schizo cult interpretation of some esoteric text. And the motivation is utterly incomprehensible to the average person. Civilization is truly incommunicable. Yeah, no, I, I really... The Jewish students are like, my, my goals are beyond your understanding. Which... No, I agree with them. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. I don't know why you're doing this. You know, Supreme Duck... <coughs> Tries to come up with a reasonable answer, but we've already uh, ruled this out. Maybe the tunnel was an escape route. No, no, no. Something bizarre and esoteric. Sophie says, remember how I made the Christmas video comments saying the 2024 is going to be absolutely ridiculous? We're only 11 days in and I am not disappointed. <laughs> Lord Nerevar says, the story about the tunnels is genuinely hilarious. In my opinion, yes. Never before have I seen something so absurd and so right for me. It's honestly the Jewish guy climbing out of the sewer. Like, I can't even describe what it's like. No, you can't. Um, but it's just... And then running off. It's just like, why did you run? But <laughs> No, no, listen, right. All I'm saying is, if 4chan had access to a movie studio, yeah, right, <laughs> and they were like, right, we want to portray this Jewish community in the worst possible light, mm. it would look exactly like this. Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, Baron von Warhawk says, memes aside, something evil was going on in those tunnels. There's nobody spends years digging in secret, spending tons of resources and time creating secret passages in the city for no reason at all. Uh, well, no one reasonable does that. But these people are part of a weird cult. And they have really weird... And I, I, like for you, you're like, well, obviously, it must be like child trafficking, drug dealing, counterfeiting, whatever. Uh, for them, it could be genuinely something bonkers, but not one of those reasons. Once we connect all the buildings, finally, we will be secure. Yeah, for, we'll, we'll dig tunnels in the shape of a Star of David and that'll bring back the Messiah or something. It's like, what? <laughs> you know? Everything I read about this particular group, I mean, genuinely, they seem mental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. There, there are loads of, like, you know, Ishmaelites and stuff like that in, in Islamic culture. Well, they're, they're, and loads of, there were Christian sects that used to just castrate themselves. Yeah. Like, in, and the, the Pope, well, in, like, the third century, the Pope had to put out a papal bull saying you're not allowed to castrate yourself. <laughs> so Christians officially are not allowed to trans. Imagine trans. getting that level. They're not allowed to trans. Oh, Christians right. can't trans. Because the paper ball from like, you know, two, 272 or something. Yeah. It's like you're not allowed to cut off your bollocks. Imagine if you'd done it the day before the ball got to your town. 
Yeah. I mean, oh, no, the Pope said no. <laughs> I can't keep. Uh, Imagine castrating, even now, castrating yeah. yourself. But like in those days, yeah, like yeah, a I can't flint remember. axe or something. <laughs> they had, they had iron. <laughs> Did they have anaesthetic? No. They have antibiotics. No. Oh. No, they didn't have any of those things. Nor Not germ scalpel, theory. Is it? No. I mean, it could have been quite sharp, I imagine. But yeah. Anyway, so Olmi says the tunnel nonsense is such a non-story. Some fools dug a tunnel into a synagogue, and in process filled the basement with dirt. This was illegal and dangerous. Other fools see pictures of the basement and think it's a tunnel. There was a baby in a high chair in the tunnel. No, the high chair was stored in the basement. I wonder what the stains on the mattresses were. Wet dirt, probably, as the cellar is filled with it. We still don't know why the tunnel was dug in the first place. That hasn't stopped people from posting low IQ takes all over the internet, of course. And that's your conclusion. Just yeah, basically. Yeah. That, that sounded a lot like a, a court defense. It did, actually, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> but he is, he is right. At the moment, it's a bit of a non-story. It's just funny. Because yeah. that video yeah. as well. <laughs> it's really funny. Like like, a, some people were acting as if that entire basement, the students had dug out, and it's like, well, clearly not. Yeah. Because then that one tunnel is really crap. If they built the rest of this, and then they went, let's just do a slight diversion. Alexander says, this tunnel story is just so bizarre. What was going on down there? And also really getting sick of how many... Question, how any questioning immediately gets the standard anti-Semite. Well, you know what's interesting? I haven't seen much of that, actually. Um, I'm sure it's happened. Is where Israel War Room official account of the government did it for some reason? I think they deleted it because everyone was like, why are you commenting on this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you have a war to fight? And also the, <laughs> the ultra-Orthodox uh, Jews, aren't they the ones who sort of oppose uh, a Zionism? A lot of them do. A yeah. lot of them do. Not all of them, but a, a lot of them. Because, of course, there's meant to be a return of the Messiah and this, the third temple or whatever is going to get rebuilt. Or th the second temple is going to get rebuilt and blah, blah, blah. They've got prophecies, right? You don't have prophecies. You don't understand. They have prophecies. Um, but, uh, but I haven't actually seen much of these, oh, if you're laughing at this guy crawling out of a sewer and then running off, you're an anti-Semite. I mean, I think a lot of Jewish people say that. They're disgusting and weird. Um, should we move on to the next section? Yeah, uh, maybe we should. Back on democracy. So Anne Emos says, really good of Leo to bring up how horrid NGOs are and how much money they siphon off from taxpayers around the world. The only country with any sanity around NGOs is Hungary, who threw them out for being globalist supporters and saved the Hungarian taxpayers a lot of money. In the yeah. process, no doubt, Lord Nerevar said... One other. What's that? Not as wholesome, but Belarus did. <laughs> <laughs> they no kidding. Um, the, the wording they said was they liquidized every NGO. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, NGOs... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Tony Blair Institute is next. Be <laughs> Belarus is probably not the best example of something defending democracy, but, uh, no, but you know, a blind uh, squirrel. I've been, I've been to Bel <laughs> I've been to Belarus. It was super cheap. I got, I got an I Uber. I got an Uber in Belarus, and it was less than a pound. Really? It yeah. was nuts. It was so cheap. Like, and we had because uh, we're filming out there, so we had like a per diem that we could spend on like you know booze and food and all the rest of it. We couldn't spend it. Even yeah, yeah, they're like, you've got five pound a day. It's like, I can't use yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nuts. It was amazing. I love the idea of the, uh, what's the name of the president of Belarus? Lukashenko. Lukashenko. Yeah, I'm being the, told we need to wrap up, by the way, because we have lads out. Oh, God, right. Okay. So time is important. All right, yeah. Okay, we'll do, yeah. We'll do one from your last one, I suppose. Okay, okay, okay. Blend. Um, uh, George says, the original Me Too song is a bunch of feminists wailing in the ruins of civilization. True. Yeah. And on that note, time to end the show. We'll be back in an hour. Half an, Half an hour. Jesus. Bye. <laughs>